Welcome back to Talking Talmud. I'm Ann Gordon, here with my friend and chavruta, Yerdena Osband, our daf of the day, Masachet Yevamot, daf Yudbet, page 12. So page 12 opens with an ongoing series of the cases that we've already been discussing, including, you know, the the man who remarries his divorcee after she's married somebody else in the interim, and then what happens in terms of Yibum, Chalitza, co-wives, and so on. Um, and you know, we've got here a situation that of case after case, right, including, you know, what happens for if a um, woman has refused, has refused the man, what happens, then we get to, at some point, we get to the case of the Ilonit, right, this is an, an Ilonit is somebody who does not have any physical signs of maturity. And the Gemara discusses the fact that, you know, on the one hand, it's a whole question over her status as as a for marriageability is is a different discussion somewhere else, right? Too, but I think maybe it's in Kiddushin. I don't remember. But the point is that in this case, we've got a woman who's an Ilonit who has married and has a co-wife, and now what happens, right? Because the co-wife of the Ilonit is going to be uh, forbidden for the case of Yibum, right? Meaning, because she presumably can't have the Ilonit can't have a child. Presumably, she doesn't have any. Uh, physical signs of purity, uh, of puberty, excuse me. She doesn't have any physical signs of puberty. She cannot give birth. And because she cannot give birth, then her co-wife can also not, can also not be married, quote unquote, for the sake of, right, that she's not there to take on the name of the dead brother, right? So then instead she ends up being forbidden and we end up again in a situation of chalitza. Um, I would say that we haven't really talked about it much, but chalitza ends up being the default, Right for any case where the where the the woman herself, meaning the widow of the dead brother, cannot for whatever reason is not going to marry the avam, but also the co-wives. Then you know if if there's no situation, if there's a situation where the co-wives are going to be forbidden, then what happens in the end is the yavama, right, the woman who is re- requiring the levirate marriage is going to end up with chalitza, um, and the cases go on. So rather than focus on, we can't do all the, the cases on the DAP, and we selected just a couple that I think we we found to be both interesting and perhaps even a little disturbing that the Gemara discusses. So, Yordan, I'm going to turn this over to you. Um, we're now shifting to Amud Bet, meaning we've got case and case and case and case on Amud Aleph, and um, again, I would say again that I, Yordana, maybe you share my frustration, that the amount of time it takes to go through all of these cases to achieve, I would say, any level of mastery over them um, exceeds the amount of time that Dafyomi takes in my life. And it's already taking a good amount of time, and I'm grateful and appreciative of that, but I feel like this is the kind of thing where if I were sitting giving eight hours a day to the Daf, then I would feel better about it, you know? Yeah, I, I'm finding Yavamo's, you know, even in a way that was different than uh, um, a Ruben does not lend itself well to Dafyomi. It's just, it's hard, you know, and especially I think maybe because it was perm this past week, there's a lot going on. Um, it's, uh, you know, I think that's some of my frustration as well, that I'm just not having the time to really go through the cases as detailed as I would like to. Um, I'm going to jump to Ahmed Bad and it gets into an interesting discussion about three categories of women. Tana Rabibi, Kameh Rab Nachman. So uh, there's sort of, this is just like a tangential halacha that Yuvamos is going to mention, which is where Bibi taught, uh, basically gives over a brace in front of Rav Nachman, that there are three women who can basically use contraception, right? They can engage in sexual activity 
with a moch. And a moch was basically some type of soft fabric that was probably put in the vaginal canal, uh, you know, probably up, up against the cervix. Um, and uh, the idea is, is that, um, uh, uh, you know, that uh, this would prevent uh, pregnancy. Do I think from its description, based as a doctor at work, probably not all that well, but you know, <laughs> that's, that's what they, that's what they used. Okay. And who are the, what's the category? A katana, a muberet, and a mini cup. So a minor, uh, a woman who is already pregnant and somebody who's nursing. Which is also, let's just recognize that the science here is not modern science. Yeah. So this is, I really think, one of these really interesting uh, passages because the science is not, you know, medical science. And I think we should acknowledge that certainly in sort of the more right wing yeshivish world, you know, they will make every attempt to say that the science and the medical understanding of the Gemara is accurate. Uh, I'm very comfortable saying no. Accurate. And uh, that, uh, you know, uh, like, of course, like, like even doctors, we had a different understanding in the 1800s than we do now. Right. Like people didn't know germs existed for a very long period of time. So uh, I, I don't know. To me, that doesn't invalidate everything that's in the Gemara. They understood things the way that they understood things. So and I think some of the things do hold some truth to them. So for a minor, it says, right, that she would become pregnant and perhaps would die. So you know, we'll read a little bit more technically. They have a very narrow definition of what category falls out to be the minor. Um, but the truth is, in modern medicine today, that's very much acknowledged that teen pregnancy, right, uh, has, has many more high risks to it than if you are pregnant uh, later on. Now, do I personally think, yes, should they extend it a little bit longer? Uh, they have a very narrow age window for what's considered to be a minor. Absolutely. But the concept there actually does hold true a little bit today as well. Um, so this is one that does not hold true today at all, right? And it says here that um, a pregnant woman, because maybe she'll become pregnant again and her fetus will become deformed by the shape into the shape of a sandal. So the idea is, is that they believe that somehow a woman could become pregnant again, right? Today, we understand that once you become pregnant, uh, you're not going to ovulate again. There won't be another egg there. Um, and uh, you couldn't be pregnant twice by two fetuses, you know, sort of on two separate cycles. That just doesn't physiologically happen. They had a belief that it could happen. And that what would happen is, is that the second fetus would basically damage the first fetus so that the first fetus would literally not have enough room to grow and would grow into the shape of a, uh, of a sandal uh, fish, basically, is what most commentaries explain what the sundial is. So this one is actually very interesting. I also happen to be a lactation consultant. Um, and so what this is saying is a nursing woman, because she'd become pregnant and her milk could dry up and then she'll have to wean her child and the child could actually die. So for me personally, as a pediatrician lactation consultant, this statement was actually the most interesting. Um, we know that women, when they nurse, may not be aware of when ovulation actually returns. And I've seen many, many times in my practice or anecdotally with friends, you know, that people nursed all the time and then they find themselves pregnant. They thought that nursing was actually good contraception. The Gemara basically is saying nursing is not a good form of reliable contraception. This would still hold you today. I would tell any patient this in my office that you cannot rely on contraception as nursing. Um, and we also know that if you do become pregnant, there is a risk that your milk could actually change although there are many women in the world who practice something that's called tandem nursing, 
uh, which is the idea of either nursing while pregnant or actually nursing two children at the same time is really tandem nursing is. But there are many women who do continue to nurse, you know, their babies will continue to breastfeed uh, while they are actually pregnant, but it does come with a risk with it. And I think here the risk is even greater because today, you know, we do have formula, we have alternate forms of nutrition. But in those days, they really didn't have alternate forms of nutrition. Babies were basically reliant upon uh, breast milk. Um, and so the Gemara really acknowledges that here. So as a physician, this was really one of these, uh, you know, very, very interesting passages uh, because the, um, you know, the some of the science is totally wrong. Some of the science is uh, very correct um, and would be even advice that we would uh, give out today as well. Um, and I know you're going to talk a little bit more about the category um, of the minor uh, because there's sort of a, you know, I, I guess I, should I go ahead and read the next paragraph or you wanted to take over from there? Yeah, I'm, I'm happy to take over. Um, I just wanted to also to comment on the, on the pregnant woman who becomes, who, who conceives again, right? Meaning now, well, I always understood this to be the, the, the way you described it, right? Like once somebody's pregnant, they're not going to get pregnant again. But I did see a comment, a modern, a modern commentary, which talks about, you know, somebody and it, I understand that it can happen, even if it's not common, right, where a woman might, in fact, be uh, conceived from two men within the same window of that fertile time, right, and conceive twins, right? The problem is that that can't, you know, as a as a possibility, or a woman can have, you know, there could be two sperms, a fertilized, fertilized, two sperm fertilized two eggs, we have fraternal twins, that's fine. Everybody understands that. The real issue here, of course, is that she won't know that she's pregnant, Right. Meaning right. it could so happen without, but there'd be no yeah. knowledge of it. So then right. that doesn't work as this case. And that's where like it falls down. But the, the trick, I mean, I think that the, 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 the outcome of, you know, one baby who's fine and one baby who's not fine of twins who were conceived at, you know, the same approximate time, meaning within minutes, I assume, then um, that, that does happen. Right. So what I don't know is if they didn't completely understand everything about twins and thought that twins could be conceived at different times. And we do know that twin pregnancies have their own risks. So that was like the piece of the Gemara that I didn't understand. I just want to say one thing about the, the pregnancy and nursing, and then I'll hand it off to you. It, it is, it, I would say for the first three, even up to six months, it can be sort of a more reliable form of contraception. The Gemara is going to talk about this even more uh, on Daf, uh, later on in Daf Membet. Uh, this discussion will 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 come up again, um, but uh, but it's just it's 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 interesting that uh, that you know the Gemara again that some of the science here is really not correct, some of the science is very correct. But I think to me the most uh, uh, let's say jarring category, Anne and I had a little bit of a disagreement about how we emotionally felt about this. <laughs> is the category is the category of the minor, which Anne's going to talk a little bit more about. Well, let's talk about it, then we can talk about the emotions of it. Who is a katana? As you said, like it's a very narrowly defined uh, status. Meaning from the age of 11 years old in one day to the age of 12 years old in one day. This is one year long that this girl has a status of a katana. Meaning, and then pachot mikan v'yeter alkein kedar and younger or older than this, and this I think we could both agree is a difficult statement, right? That anybody younger than this would engage with engage with her in sexual relations in a normal manner. That is not acceptable. Younger than this, right? Um, or older than this, fine. 
So the Rabbanan say either way, meaning any which, including the age from 11 to 12 that year, she can go ahead, they can have um, sexual relations in the usual manner. And Hashem, Hashem or the heavens will have mercy on her and prevent anything bad from happening. Because we have a verse and I think we rely on this verse quite often. Not that it's halacha. Um, that God looks out for fools um, and protects them from their folly. Okay, so this passage, I think I have a more difficult time with your Dana in terms of the recommendation of sexual relations with somebody who is, you know, younger than the age of 11 in a day and so on. Or even for that matter, till 12 in a day. It's too young. We, we can all, I think we all can understand where um, this Gemara is certainly not talking about our era, but even in an earlier era, I think it was difficult. But from the fact that the Brite here says that lest she become um, become pregnant and then perhaps die, they knew that there could be minors who would become pregnant, meaning minor again, from the age of that one, 11 years old and one day till 12 years old and one day could become pregnant and not die. And I'm going to jump down to, to Rav... Rabbi Bar Levi. The Amar Rabbi Bar Levi, it's just Livia. I don't know. The word is is Levi. That's his name. Um, I'm skipping just a very small portion. Gvul Yeshla. There's a limit, there's a border here with regard to this particular pregnancy, the Katana. Kodam Hazman Kol Ikar. Younger than 11 years old in one day, she will not become pregnant at all. It's nice that there's a very firm math like that, you know. Boundary on the birthday. And if she gets pregnant during that time, she dies and the fetus dies. And then after 12 years old, and one day she's she lives and her fetus lives. Um, meaning the question of this issue, the question of of uh, Katana giving birth seems to be, you know, <laughs> the rabbis say, don't worry, God won't let it happen. Clearly, there are cases, they're discussing it as a practical enough situation that I believe it did on occasion happen, including the situation of a young girl dying in childbirth. And um, and younger than that, there's a recognition that, that there was indeed cases of sexual intercourse with a child younger than 11 years old in one day who did not get, become pregnant. Um, I have no problem with all the heebie-jeebie emotions about the about those cases. My issue here, well, the reason I would say that Yordina, what I didn't have an issue here was that it seems practical that there's a recognition that there was such a thing of girls who became pregnant. I'm not saying I think they shouldn't become pregnant, but once they are, I think the Gemara is pretty serious in recognizing I, I that they were missing, at risk. Right. I think what's missing for me here is if you told me that this Gemara is in the context of you know, which may be true. It was 11-year-olds getting married to 13-year-olds. Yuck, but okay, that's kind of what people did. I'm more picturing, like, older men, and that's what's bothering me. I'm realizing that's what I'm having a reaction to. I oh, I mean, know, I think there, there are... So clear here. I think there were societies in which that did happen. You know, I think even nowadays, right? We've all seen the pictures, stories coming out of Afghanistan, you know, recent right. Afghanistan of these literally where the girls are being sold in young girls being sold in marriage because for food, which is terrible, which we talked about as the Gemara says, don't do that. Um, but so I think that there's a reality of that. My point is that 
I think that, you know, we have talked and seen and discussed the question of boundary pushing cases and, and, you know, what would the case be of an island eat is a reasonable, right? That's an adult. There's somebody who is old enough, but doesn't have the signs of physical maturity. And so then to me, there's a logical jump. We might think to say, okay, now we're going to talk about the case of the person who doesn't have the signs of physical maturity because she's actually not physically mature yet. And I don't think that that's what's happening here. I think what's happening here is literally the situation of a katana where she's brought up in the in the story of, you know, here's somebody who, for whatever reason, whether in marriage or not, is having sexual relations where a moch is allowed as a sign, as a means of protection against pregnancy, whether or not it worked, right? And that's a recognition that a katana shouldn't be having a baby. Right. So I feel uh, like that's that was practical. That was that was a real recognition. I think the practice. I think the katana shouldn't be in a situation where she's at risk of having a baby, right? But I feel like this this was. I don't think the gemara is being flippant here. I think that it's a serious case. Oh, I agree with you. I I think this was practical for them. <laughs> like this happens. That's Dr. Scott today. Thank you for joining us. Rank us for you. It's where you get your podcast. Come talk to us on our Facebook page and tell us what you think of this stuff. Uh, thank you to Rabbi Michelle Farber for hosting us on the Hadron website. And until tomorrow, go and learn. 